Porque o homem. Smiling. Oh, they got two pairs, eh? <laughs> Give a kind beast two pairs, you fucking dumb truck. Welcome to the Sunday Sickness here with your boy Danny Belts. Gonna go over the week that was. Woo-woo. And the week to come, most importantly. Dickie Salvo is going to be in Charleston, South Carolina, probably enjoying himself a lot more than I am right now. But that's okay. I'll tell you all about that. Oh, my God. I mean, this was just almost, uh, you almost wanted this to happen, right? You're like, There's no way we're going to have another week. I would have done the same thing. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Um, the process, refinement, I mean, kind of the same thing, but... I was not really upset with any of these picks. Certainly the results, particularly in two of them, which is really going to swing this record. And now we've only had one, I'd say, fortunate win to five unfortunate losses. And these five are pretty ridiculous. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about those, but we are going to recap the week. And, you know, to recap the week in style. I mean, we, we had the worst, if you thought, the Appalachian State, North Carolina under last year. At the Drunk Neighbors Bachelor Party, early September, week zero, when it went over in like eight minutes, was a bad bet. Then you clearly did not watch. Oh, we'll just wait. All right, what you got from Mr. Producer? You said you're going to mix it up. You said you wanted to go old school. I, I am versed in all the ways of the Molly. Mr. Producer, you can play whatever Molly music you want. I mean, you can even go back to techno if you want. Oh, did not see that coming. I can work with this. We're going old school. All right. Southern Methodist. I don't really know if you guys watch this game. Getting five and a half points. Talk to Dickie Salvo about this. I like this a lot. Goes up to six and a half. No, I don't like it. Closes out a touchdown. Now I hate it. Southern Methodist. Still with the chance of a backdoor cover. Down by 17. Score a touchdown. Ten-point game. Get the ball back in some ridiculous fashion. Get all the way down the field. And that did not work out. That's a bad bet. We took an L on Southern Millionaires plus the five and a half to the greatest school in the history of the world. Everyone knows this, Texas Christian University. Notice it's not Texas Mormon. It's not Texas Muslim. It's Texas Christian for a reason. If you don't like it, there's plenty of podcasts out there, but there's not plenty of ways to hear L's like this. I get the Oregon team total on there about 30 minutes before the game on the initial post. Over 45 points, Oregon team total. You'd think after their final touchdown was scored in the second minute of the third quarter that 45 points would be just a formality. One of my friends took the live one at 64 and a half. Well, that, that, that was pretty aggressive at like plus the national debt. He thought they were going to score 100. They did not. And that's an L. And that is about as horrible beat as it gets. But it can't be any worse than adding the stupid team in New Orleans. 17-0. They're going to blame this on Jameis Winston. That's fine. This defense that is supposed to be and is really good allows the Packers to score 18 points. Miss a field goal in the waning seconds of the game. The Saints did horrible, horrible, horrible. And I just feel bad for Winston because now it's going to be his fault once again. And it is not. And he did not look good. But, you know, Saints fans in their high IQ, so I'm sure they'll just lead themselves right to the promised land. What else we got here? Oh, let's go right down the L's. Iowa, yes, 14 and a half. What did I say? They need to score 17 points. If they did, they cover by a half, but they don't score a point. Iowa, yes, eating crow, national championship aspirations. I really thought 
in my heart of hearts they could stick around and win this game. I really did. You know me. There's no way I'm doing this otherwise. Iowa gets the first drive down the field. It gets inside the 10. They fumble. God, that was pretty much it from there. But then they had another opportunity, another quick three and out on Penn State. I And, you know, Penn State's punting. It hits one of the gunners. Another turnover. What did I say? They can't turn it over. They turn it over twice in the first quarter. It's only 10-0 at half. And before half, Penn State muffs a punt. There's three white guys on top of this black guy. Looks like a hate crime. Ball's bouncing around. He manages to get away from the 87 white people, okay, and goes and gets the football that he fumbled. It was unbelievable. I mean, they could not catch a break. And if you're going to sit here and tell me that that was a first down on that fourth and inches sneak, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you it wasn't. It's a horrible bet. Iowa scores at least 10, 17, 20 points. They played that game 10 times. But they scored zero, and I'm wrong. Very wrong. Let's just, whoa, whoa. Let's keep the losers going because we only got two winners after the two more losers today. Ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Broncos plus six and a half. I'm going to stop it so the crowd can give me their respects on this one. Please, Mr. Producer, tell them it's time to clap. Yes, thank you very much. It's very difficult to do this. Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. There you have it. The worst bet in the history. I mean, they didn't make bets this bad at the Coliseum. Cain and Abel, and they were playing paper, scissors, rock before the big murder. I don't think there was any bad beat in history that goes down, or not bad beat, worst bet ever. I'm sure there was some parlays in the Coliseum that were bad, but I took a team getting six and a half points that had 70 points scored on them and lost by 50. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, if you're going to lose, this is the way to do it. And this is how you talk about it. We're going to be talking about this every day. This is almost immortalized like Bailey Zappi every year on the day. Bobby Bonilla Day has its date, and so does this bet. Going down as the worst wager in the history of gambling in North America, I now have both of them, and I cannot tell you how proud I really am. All right, we got two winners here. Alabama, they win. Thank God they won by more than seven. That was an absurd football game. We'll be talking about Ole Miss here in one second. What else we got here? Oh, yeah, Tennessee. So that opened up at 19 and a half, like I said. Arrived Saturday morning, Friday night. It got up. It closed at 25. So, yeah, I knew that one was off. Big deal. 14-13 against the spread is Danny Belts. 14-13. and 13. Dickie Salvo got the L on Southern Methodist, but covered Notre Dame as he got the Notre Dame... Right there at three and a half. What an unbelievable ending and just ridiculous uh, game that was there at the end. Wow. And they had 10 men on the field and the most important play they've had in that building since USC came in there and did that to Charlie Weiss about 16 years ago. They had 10 defenders on the field. 10. I'm not going to sit here and bash Marcus Freeman. I don't really see the benefit in that, and we are going to talk about this for one second. He is, he is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. This young man was sought after, not just by LSU, the drunk neighbor wanted him, everybody wanted him. They kept him at Notre Dame, and that's the right move. Now, I understand there's some implications. You know, young black coach, you got rid of the white guy, go down to the LSU, all this. That was a thing. I have a lot of friends up there, and that was a thing. They were done with him, and I like Marcus, they're done with Brian Kelly. I like Marcus Williams. The media likes him as well. But I have to say, I'm not throwing this on him. I think he does a pretty good job as a head coach so far. 
But I'm just telling you, there are so many people we've talked about on this show. We just talked about Monty Kiffin right now. Dennis Allen, the same thing, the head coach for the New Orleans Saints. Some people are just excellent with that defensive quarter headset. But when you give them, all right, the head headset, they just aren't that good. And we are kind of seeing that, I feel, early with him. You cannot have 10 people on the field there. And the other thing is, you can't tell me you get caught in the moment. You're at home. You have the lead. You're supposed to be the defensive guy. You have 10 men on the field. At least that's what Instagram would indicate, and I've counted. It looks like 10. And if it was 11, then you should have had 12, just in case I'm wrong there, but I'm pretty sure that I am not. So that's a problem for Notre Dame there. You got to get Rudy on the field or something. I don't know. Carry the one. Maybe get two midgets in there. Maybe they make a hole. I have no idea. But that is just a really, really horrible way to lose a football game, and they are really not talking about that. But I am. But that's okay. The Buffalo Bills are unstoppable. Ladies and gentlemen, they are 2-1 and one now. And they have not played a team that will be in the playoffs. Yes, they just beat the Washington Redskins. And they looked, their defense looked good there. Offense did not. But that's okay because everyone loves Buffalo. They're 2-1. and one. That's okay. The Miami Dolphins, 3-0. and oh, That was great. So I had a little joy in that show lacking. Boy, Sean Payton is just looking like a genius. I mean, it's no big deal. I'm just going to go to Denver. I'm going to curse on broadcasts on national television. F-words. I'm going to say that. I'm going to get caught, not get caught, post a picture of me hitting the bong pretty hard. Right, whatever you want to do, coach, but it certainly looks like you think you can just show up, start winning with Russell Wilson, and you just lost by 50, 50, to a nerd. <laughs> Actually, Sean Payton's a nerd. Whatever. That is, I love it. <laughs> McDaniel smiling over here. The Dolphins looking like the team we thought they could be. Boy, if their defense shows up a little bit like that, it's going to be a tough out. They seem to be scoring points anywhere, everywhere, often. I mean, they have scored, minus the Patriots, who looks like a really good defense. Uh, we're going to have to be kind of keeping an eye on those guys. There's still a ton of value. Here's the thing. If it's six and a half, I had to go, opens a five and a half, goes to six and a half, comes down to six before a kick. Now I love it. Now I super love it. I would do this every single time. This is what happens when you play bad teams and dogs on the road. You're going to have some of these. I've never seen one this bad. But they are coming, particularly in pro football for me. But I will do the same thing. We'll win more than we lose in that spot. And I just know what we did last year. The NFL, we don't do much, but we can get around. But not last week. Uh, And the Saints and the Oregon was just horrible, horrible, horrible. But that is how it is. We have a thick slate coming up. And we still are above water, 14-13 ATS. What a horrible week, horrible week. My God, I have three losses with Oregon now and five nearly with LSU. That accounts for more than half of the losses. So maybe uh, those are the teams that I'll just be watching, even though the LSU game was still so long ago and it was just one game. Woo, boy, those team totals catch up when no one scores any points in the half in the game. You know how it is, right? All right, Mr. Producer, what you got for me, man? I'm, I'm, I, want, uh, I want something fresh. I want something new. And I am going to run this. Let's do it. This is going to be a very interesting slate. And I think we're going to get busy a little early. I stayed away from every Thursday game. We'd be 3-0 on the leans. So you know the next one I come in probably isn't going to work. We've only taken four games off of Saturday in college. Last one being Army, which we got there versus Texas San Antonio. Middle Tennessee State plays Western Kentucky. Middle Tennessee State, a very interesting team this year. Probably should have beat Missouri. Battiato, the dual threat quarterback, I do like him a lot. He's had a couple good games. Uh, Actually, he's had two really good games for what he has. Middle Tennessee State is a very strange team offensively. They really do not have a pace. This total is at 60 and a half. 
The only thing I really care about is just how many downs am I going to have in a game like this? How many plays are we going to run from scrimmage? How many times do I think Austin Reed is going to throw the football? Well, last year he threw for 4,800 yards and 40 touchdowns. This year he's already got, what, 12 touchdowns, one pick. They throw it a lot at Western Kentucky. They play pretty good defense at Western Kentucky. But a lot of what they have right now, Western Kentucky on defense, might not stand too too uh, solid to what MTSU can do as the way they can run the football. The problem I have with this game is MTSU can drain clock at times. At a 60.5 total, you're not going to be able to do that. What I think is going to happen is Western Kentucky is going to do what they do, and that's how you up to the line and chunk this thing around with their system-type quarterback who's excellent at Western Kentucky and might even get drafted. Austin Reed has a cannon, one of these guys that took the same path that Zappy nearly did. They're just going to replicate that, and it works down there as they're winning eight, nine games now. Good for them. But in this case, 16 and a half is a very odd total for a Middle Tennessee State team that really is not going to score a ton of points. Neither has Western Kentucky scored really any points this year outside of playing some FCS school. This total is something we're coming back to. I think this is going over. I think Middle Tennessee State's going to move the football well enough I know they're not going to stop Western Kentucky that much, but I almost feel the clock will be stopped a lot. Both these, particularly Western Kentucky, will hurry this game up. If Middle Tennessee State gets behind, now we're in business. We will see. Vadiados are all right on the run throwing. Does make some mistakes that could go our way even. We'll be looking at this total uh, over 60 and a half. Utah goes to Oregon State. Well, Utah just had another very impressive win without rising. If Willingham is not even mentioned for Coach of the Year again, which he just gets passed over on, people can just go to the YMCA, jump off the high dive. I don't know what to tell you. Go smell the bottom of the pool. They're winning games without their best player, and their best player happens to be their ninth-year senior quarterback. This is very difficult to do if you did not know. Oregon State just got shellacked by Washington State. My man Cam Ward, 28 for 34, 82%, 400 yards. Ran for a touchdown, threw for four, no turnovers. Signature game. Cam Ward, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, 1,400 yards right now. Washington State won us the total. I was one year late on Ward. He's here. We'll be coming back to them. Washington State's a very special team this year. People forgotten about them. Washington and Penix better realize this ain't going to be no cakewalk when they see each other. That's going to be a game I can't wait to watch down the road. But in this game in particular, I think there is a very, very strong chance that somehow... We are down on Oregon State after that game. Some of these balls Cam Ward was throwing was the kid that I saw years ago in college when he was at the lower levels. This is the kid at Incarnate Word that I knew he could do this. He just did it first, one of the best defenses in the country. But make no mistake, Oregon State is no slouch of a football team. That's their one mulligan this year. Utah comes in there one-and-a-half point dog, a one-and-a-half point favorite to Oregon State at home. Versus Utah, I'm not sure Utah is ready to go on the road. Almost be a pick'em after an embarrassing loss that Oregon State would take. I can tell you right now, I'm almost comfortable doing this one right here. I just want to see where this one goes initially. These short spreads like this, got to be careful here for a few reasons. I would be shocked if we are not taking Oregon State in this football game. So circle that one. I guarantee you we come back to that. Cincinnati getting the three points at BYU. Cincinnati, very strange team. Lose to Miami, Ohio. Then give Oklahoma all they want. Clearly, Cincinnati was stripped. Everyone had left, lost their coach. They did inherit a lot of transfers. They have a lot of talent. We don't really know how that talent looks. We know BYU's got some talent. Hung around with Kansas. Then you lost by like 11. All right, 
they, you know, hung around, beat Arkansas. So BYU can play. Cincy doesn't look that good. Why is Cincy only getting three points at Brigham Young? Why is 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 the Mormon spirit of Joseph Smith gonna be with the Bearcats today over here in Utah? I don't understand. How is BYU only a three-point favorite? We are probably going to be taking Cincinnati, and I have a feeling we're going to get better than three. Circle that. We'll come back to that. Now the drug neighbor's favorite gets second to favorite game of the week, University of Louisiana, but not Louisiana State. He does not like when that Mr. Producer, the Miley. We got to pick up the Miley. Let's do a different one. Yeah, Mr. Producer. I I, I like that first mile, but this is going to take it up a notch. I, like I don't mind getting in and out. I can do that. Not a problem. The drunk neighbor does not like the University of Louisiana. It used to be called USL. My dad went there. Then University of Louisiana, Lafayette, ULL. They don't like LSU. LSU don't like them. The drunk neighbor does not like anything even from that part of the state. He does not like Sunbelt Bill at all. And he probably does not like DeSormo, the coach, who's going against PJ Sociopath in Minnesota. ULL getting nine and a half points, less than 10 points at a Big Ten Late September, who writes these schedules? I have no idea. But if this is not Southern Alabama Part 2, that will not go my way. <laughs> I just don't understand how you're excited right now to take Minnesota laying points first. Anyone. ULL is as big as they ever have been up front. They may have two pro, uh, definitely one pro on that defensive line. I don't know. They say the other, oh, what's the guy's name? The left. I should have that written down. They have a really good defense or a couple good individuals. But the problem here in this game is the way this opens up. Nine and a half. This is going to drive a lot of action to Minnesota. Minnesota just coming off another wild win. PJ Sociopath, Coach Sociopath, rowing that boat in no water right now. I am not really sure how people are excited to not take the Big Ten home favorite here. This is going to get over 10 points. This is going to get over 10 and a half. This is going to get over 11. No one is going to bet ULL. Listen to me. This might get close to 13 by Thursday. This is a game that's going to go up. This is a game, in my opinion, we'll be taking late in the week. You want to start giving me double digits with a team the size of ULL with some of the speed they have, especially, especially in that backfield again. This is going to be a problem for Minnesota to stop this. ULL's defense can just pair up with Minnesota. They're not nearly as good on the offensive line, but they make up for so much on the other end. Sormo will gamble. He's not up there to cover. He's not going to go up there to sit here and be respectable. This guy's going to go up here and try to win. He likes to go for it on fourth down. He likes some trick plays. He likes to fake a punt. I don't know. I love all that stuff, but I like ULL right here. But you'd be a fool to nearly take this right now. Now, I could be a fool. It could go down. I just don't think it is. No one's excited to bet ULL except for me. So that can't be good, right? Texas A&M. Remember that game? We're coming back. Here comes Aggie. We're going to Arkansas. And Texas A&M won't lose again. And they don't to be pushed around. Six and a half point favorite at Arkansas? What, because BYU won there? And Arkansas probably should have beat LSU? I'll have the drunk neighbor talk about that. I'm going to take that man's steam. But I'll tell you this right now. I'm not sure Texas A&M is fit to be laying six and a half at Vanderbilt. This is a bad football team, but we're not going to be getting six and a half. Who in the hell can be excited to bet Arkansas? Oh, people might be. That's right. They might be. I don't think this game has many points at all. But if any team here like Arkansas gets over a touchdown, this is an automatic bet, an automatic fade against the disaster that is happening in the Petri dish over there in Texas because they will get rolled. And if you think Pitt 
is not going to have these guys up for that game. <laughs> I tell you what, pal. You got another thing coming because there's no way they're not going to be up for this. They're up for every game, not that that matters. But this should be nearly a pick em if you're going to start throwing points anywhere. Maybe a couple to A&M. These teams are not separated by much at all. Is Wegman even playing? Do I even care? I'm not sure I really do. USC. 23 and a half on the road to Colorado. Oh, boy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I live in a world where USC, who has problems stopping the likes of Arizona State, we have 400 yards and 24 points for the most anemic offense in the P5, only before that to give up 400 yards and 28 points to San Jose State. San Jose State is one of the worst teams in their own weight class. They are horrible. They have another anemic offense, a horrible quarterback. These guys only have really stopped Stanford. They're not going to stop Colorado. I don't think Colorado can win. I don't know how to bet this 23 and a half. But if you think for one second that this USC defense is anywhere near Oregon, Oregon State. No, USC is not even the third best team in this conference right now. And I, they're going to lose a couple games. We'll be on that. I don't know if this is the one. They're about as unimpressive as it gets. And I don't think they're saving all defensive mojo for Colorado. And what a bad spot for USC. Because I do buy Dion. I don't think it gets worse than last week for him ever. And I also don't think, and I'll keep my opinion to myself on that too. I want to turn to the Dion Sanders podcast. But I'll tell you this. 73 and a half. Colorado will score five touchdowns in this football game. I think they can score on USC. If they can score that many points... I just don't know how they're going to stop SC. I don't think I've ever taken a total over 70 points on a show. This might go over 100. We have to watch this, though. I know Colorado's going to run it. They might break a record from plays from the line. Plays from scrimmage will be at an all-time high in this game. Both these teams don't lollygag on offense. This is a four-hour four football game, even with the new rules. I think we're looking at the over in this game. Colorado team total will be one as well. I mean, these guys are going to move the ball on USC. USC's defense against San Diego State, San Jose State. Several times, twice in particular, on like a third and four, SDSU lines up. When teams do this, it gets my attention. In the power eye and say, we're going to run it. We're going to try to run for 12 feet right here. We're letting you know what can you do about it. And on two of these drives, they could do nothing about this. Their interior line against the run is weak. Their pass rush without a blitz, without help, it's not that good. They are walking into probably the best team they've played. Colorado, not nearly as good as we think, but not nearly as bad as we saw. There's going to be a play here. Follow this one, but I got a feeling Colorado's coming out. They're scoring. I don't think they're stopping anybody. So take a look at that. We'll be looking at this one to some capacity. There is absolutely no doubt. Kansas getting 17 and a half at Texas. I don't know about that. But why this is almost like one of these, it's Texas or nothing. That is a rack of points for a really good team, I feel, in Kansas. Historically, they do horrible in that building. This is a big reason why that number is so big. But that number is inflated. I have this around 13 and a half, and it doesn't matter why. 17 is a lot. I do think Kansas can win. This is a live dog, but I just think it's tough for me to bet another double-digit dog that doesn't score a point. Your University of Connecticut. My man, Jim Mora. You have not heard about him all year for me. You want to know why? Because they're garbage, but that's not his fault. They covered week one. They haven't scored since. But at home, versus Utah State, you're going to give me the mighty Huskies, and you're going to give me the stupidest line. We always talk about the stupid 
line of five and a half. Opening up at five, this is such a weird line, even in college. There is no way we are not gonna be taking UConn. I'll snap them at five, anything over four and a half, but we might get six. Who is excited to bet Connecticut, even when they were winning outright, beating Liberty as a 57-point dog? Nobody bet them the next week. So I have a feeling we're going to get a better line. Circle that. Vanderbilt plays Missouri. Boy, Missouri beats Memphis. That future is looking great, but they can't stop a nosebleed. I thought the defense is going to win games. It's the offense, which is hysterical. Vanderbilt can score. They can't stop anybody. This is the highest Vanderbilt total. This is this is the highest Vanderbilt total at 56 and a half. I have seen since the Marlboro man, Jake Cutler himself, was puffing on heaters in timeouts in the tent, faking concussions to go rip cigs with Blake Bortles in some smoke-filled tent. How awesome is that? This game is absolutely going over 56 and a half. And we're doing it. Oh, we're not doing it right now. Boy, do I want to. I don't see anything that might go on the record right now, but boy, we're going to have minimum of three or four of these we're not going to have six or seven but in this instance 56 and a half represents too low of a number and vandy will score on missouri there's no doubt about that i do feel missouri will hang up enough points i think this comfortably goes over we haven't really done many over unders this year and the overs we haven't really done that well i understand that but this game this is the highest total these two teams have ever seen and this game oh, on the record over 56 and a half. what am i doing missouri vanderbilt on the record over 56 and a half the world needs tons of bartenders, just like me, especially after last week. I bartend for a long time. Honorable profession. You know, I love the service industry. On the record, Missouri Vanderbilt, over 56 and a half. LSU Ole Miss. Oh, man, where is the drunk neighbor when you need him? I think he's out running around, cucking someplace in some convention. I don't know. That guy's trying to work on a Sunday. Can this man get a break? Not even Danny Belts, the hardest working, dumbest salesperson in the country, seems to work on Sunday. LSU, two-and-a-half-point favorite at Ole Miss. Boy, LSU scored a lot of points for not scoring for about an hour and 40 minutes on an inspired defense. Ole Miss's defense is terrible. I think the LSU game at two-and-a-half represents what had to be a trap. I don't know, but I really do believe this game will get up there as well. I'm not sure. LSU does much to dart. I don't know. But after Jefferson put on another clinic last week on LSU, I'm not really sure what this secondary is about. Who knows? They can show up and smoke like they did Will Rogers. We're coming back to this game. 62 and a half is the total. I still think LSU can household miss just like last year. Just not comfortable taking these guys as a road favorite right now, especially with a team like Ole Miss. I'm just not. You shouldn't be. Now, if you are, let me know. Washington, Penix, the lefty monster. We were all over this man in Indiana when he was there and several times last year. 17 and a half at Arizona. What is, the, what is going on? This is Tennessee part two. Who in the world is excited to bet Arizona? Washington just scored 50 points in the first half yesterday. These guys are rolling. Penix looks like the runaway Heisman right now. This guy's insane. And there is no way Arizona is going to stop these guys. 17 and a half. Try like 30. I don't know how to lay all these points, but I'm saying I think the total does not compensate the number on the other side. 62 and a half is 69 and a half. Is a low number here. I don't understand. Really, I get into why low it's low, why it's so low. 69 and a half to me, I know that does not seem low. But if you're gonna tell me it's 17 and a half, when I should be like 30 something and a half, clearly Arizona's gonna be doing some scoring. I don't really understand how, because Washington's defense looked pretty damn good to me up front. This could be an under, and we never do high total unders. I've never done one on this show. I just don't understand how Arizona's gonna really do much 
And I don't want to get caught in one of these trap nasty over-unders here in the Pac-12 late. There's a play here for us. That's why it's on the leans. I really do feel that well, I don't know how Washington's going to punt much here. We'll see. Maybe it's one we just stay away from, but it did jump out at me. Those are the 12 leans on the board. And since you're here, the week after, on October the 7th, Texas in the Red River Relay, run around, around neutral field, no one cares. Four and a half point favorite to Oklahoma. I don't know about that. That is absolutely absurd. We'll probably be taking Oklahoma at that point. I mean, that's just ridiculous. We might even take them early. Oregon goes to Washington October 14th, getting three and a half. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not sure about that. On the 14th, Oregon's getting three and a half at Washington? Yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I like that road dog there for sure. Penn State getting seven and a half at Ohio State. 10-21. That might be an all play right now. Penn State's probably better than them. I can guarantee you. Penn State will not kick at Ohio State getting seven and a half. You want to bet on that right now? Thanks for joining the Sports Antelope Sunday Sickness here with your boy Danny Bells. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Hey, if you're bored, one more time. Reach out, touch your brother, tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. Dickie Salvo may be on the show Thursday. The Drunk Neighbors coming back. I believe the Young Logan will make an appearance. There's a couple things we need to do with Coach O. Is Coach Ed Ogeron maybe doing an interview with us once again? The mighty Coach O prior to a big LSU game. But we've never won a game when he does that, so be sure and put everything on Ole Miss. Tune into the show this Thursday at 12 o'clock Central. Going to be a great one. I'm not traveling this week for the first time ever, so that's going to be great. We'll catch you guys at that show coming up here next week. Keep it real. And a dozens.